Welcome, welcome, welcome to another wonderful episode of The Gospel According to Stupid. I'm Johnny Waters, and today I'm going to release two episodes for you. This is the first of two, uh, but this one's just a goofy one, while the other one is a continuation of what I usually do on here is I'm reading the Bible from cover to cover because <laughs> why not? Um, yay. That's what I'm doing. Um, so business up front. Uh, let's see. You can find my stuff as well as many other people in many different places, such as at Accord to Stupid on Twitter, according to stupid at gmail.com, and the big one where you can find all sorts of cool shit is www.johnwatersvoiceover.com. Uh, and you can find everything I've ever really freaking done on there. Yeah, it'd be super fun. I don't remember doing this before, and I'm sure I've already done it, but you know what's fun? I'm going to do it again. Um, because I'm curious about St. Nick and Krampus. What's the difference between the two of them? And maybe, at the end of this, who's going to win in a fight? Um, <laughs> so that's where I'm going to sit. Uh, so that's what we're going to discuss today. Here's what we're going to find out. So I found two little nice websites, one of which is uh, biography.com, which seems to be uh, reputable in its own sort of way, uh, for St. Nick. And of course, for Krampus, I went the good, tried and true, but not high school approved Wikipedia. Yet I used Wikipedia a lot in high school, so like, meh. Um, so that's where we're at. Um, so let's start off with uh, St. Nick, all right? So let's see what he's all about. There's a nice little picture of him right there, very St. Nicolian of him, uh, white beard and all. St. Nicholas was a Christian bishop who provided to, for the poor and sick and is the basis for the popular character of Santa Claus. All right. Fantastic. And seems to fit the sainthood thing pretty well of like, you, you help out the poor and the sick, you're probably headed to a sainthood. So they put up the question, who was St. Nicholas? Ooh, okay. St. Nicholas was a Christian bishop who helped the needy. All right. After his death, the legend of his gift-giving grew. St. Nicholas transformed into the legendary character called Santa Claus, who brings Christmas presents to children around the world. His early life. St. Nicholas was born circa 280 and in Patara? Patara? 280 Patara Lyrica, uh, an area that is part of present-day Turkey. He lost both of his parents at, uh, as a young man and reportedly used his inheritance to help the poor and sick. Well, his parents must have been pretty all right. So he didn't become Batman, but he probably wasn't rich enough to become that. A devout Christian, he later served as Bishop of Mira, a city that is now called Demir. Demre. Well, I don't live there. Reputation. There are many legends about St. Nicholas of Mira. One story tells how he helped three poor sisters. Oh, that, that doesn't end well for a lot of people and, you know, a lot of different mythology. Because if you help three women, usually that means either you're going to be cursed to death or, you know, some strings going to get cut. It's not good. But he helps out these three poor sisters. Their father did not have enough money to pay their dowries and thought of selling them into servitude because, you know, eh. Three times, St. Nicholas secretly went to their house at night and put a bag of money inside. The man used the money so that one of his daughters could marry. On the third visit, the man saw St. Nicholas and thanked him for his kindness. He also reportedly saved three men who were falsely imprisoned and sentenced to death. So, six, I guess. However, just to get three, you know, daughters out of the house is not exactly a... I don't know. 
<laughs> the the height of saintdom, I guess. But it does, I don't know. Does it feel a little off? It might feel a little off. But it is 280 AD, I guess. 280 AD. And, you know, things are, you know, that way. Uh, death and Legacy. Several sources state St. Nicholas is believed to have died on December 6th, 343. So he's 60-something when he died. Uh, over the years, uh, stories of his miracles and work for the poor spread to other parts of the world. He became known as the protector of children and sailors. Oh, that's interesting. And was associated with gift-giving. He was a popular saint in Europe until the time of the Reformation in the 1500s, a religious movement that led to the creation of Protestantism, motherfuckers, which turned away from the practice of honoring saints, fuckers. St. Nicholas, however, remained an important figure in Holland. Oh. The Dutch continued to celebrate the feast day of St. Nicholas, December 6th. It was a common practice for children to put out their shoes the night before. Okay. In the morning, they would discover the gifts that St. Nicholas had left there for them. Oh, okay, that's an easy way to be like, all right, these are Susie's shoes, and these are Tommy's shoes, and these ones who, you know, we should probably get him new shoes. It is tall Pete. Uh, Dutch immigrants brought the legend of St. Nicholas known to them as St. Nicholas, or by his name, Sinterklaas, to America in the 1700s. Okay, so now we're starting to see the, the change a little bit. St. Nicholas went through many transformations in America. Sinterklaas became Santa Claus, and instead of giving gifts on December 6th, he became part of the Christmas holiday. In the 1820 poem, An Account of a Visit uh, from St. Nicholas by Clement Clark Moore, he is described as a jolly heavy man who comes down the chimney to leave presents for deserving children and drives a sleigh pulled by flying reindeer. Maybe we should find that. Uh, the cartoonist, Thomas Nast, added uh, to the St. Nicholas legend with an 1881 drawing of Santa as wearing a red suit with a white fur trim. Once a kind, charitable bishop, St. Nicholas had become the Santa Claus we know today. Now oh, we're coming to the end of this. In 2017, a team from the University of Oxford radiocarbon tested a fragment of a pelvic bone said to be from St. Nicholas. The test confirmed that the bone fragment, owned by an American priest, dated from the saint's era. Archaeologists then hoped to match the bone to others purportedly belonging to St. Nicholas, including those housed in a crypt in Bari, Italy, since the 11th century. Interesting. All right, so, you know, pretty much everything we've, we've come to see here. Um... And understand from Santa Claus. There's the the, the Claus thing was a different sort of a deal, and the the poems and whatnot. Um, but uh, you know, we'll see what. Oh, the okay. So I pulled up the poem that was written by Clement Clark Moore, and I'll read that too. It's not terribly long. Uh, oh, this is uh, a night before Christmas, not nightmare before Christmas, but it was. It's literally. The, the twas the night before Christmas, and I guess the original uh, title of it is A Visit from St. Nicholas. So, okay, I don't necessarily need to read it, and, you know. Well, maybe I will. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'll keep it up. I might put it on YouTube just to be like, here's a, here's a demo, and here's a narrative holiday demo. That'll help. I'll do that. Fuck that. Yeah, find it there. 
Um, anyway, so now we're going to move on to Krampus. Who the fuck is Krampus? Now, for those of you uh, who have seen the movie, which I am a huge fucking fan of, seeing it from the in the movie theater, going like, wow, this is this is dark. This is dark throughout the whole fucking thing. I think how they did Krampus was pretty rad. Um, especially with the very start of the movie being like people bursting through all slow-mo and stuff on like Black Friday or like to get gifts or something like that at ungodly hours and pushing each other across and just to try to get a certain item. And I think people like beat the shit out of each other during that thing. Um, but I think it's great. I think it was marvelous and I don't think it got enough credit. Especially the puppetry work and shit like that, and uh, it's so good. And it doesn't end happily. It really doesn't. It's Krampus. What do you expect? Anyway, so Krampus. Uh, Krampus is a horned, anthropomorphic figure in Alpine folklore who, during the Christmas season, scares children who have misbehaved, assisting to St. Nicholas, the first of three good December men. What the fuck? The other two are Santa Claus and Dead Moroz. Who the fuck is Dead Moroz? <laughs> we'll get to him. Um, oh, this is just Santa Claus 2. More Russian, I guess. Um, all right, we'll look at him in a bit. So, <laughs> all right. So uh, Krampus helps St. Nicholas, or Santa Claus, and this Dead Moroz person who rewards the well-behaved on the 5th of December at night with modest gifts, oranges, dried fruit, walnuts, and chocolate, and bad ones with birch rod only. Huh. The origin of the figure is unclear. Some folklorists and anthropologists, fuck, have postulated it as having pre-Christian origins. In in traditional parades and in such events as Krampuslauf, English Krampus Run, uh, young men dressed as Krampus participate. Oh, that's fun. Such events occur annually in most Alpine towns. Krampus is featured on holiday greeting cards called Krampus Stark, Krampus Karten. Since uh, 2013, the character has become better known globally, having been portrayed in Hollywood horror movies almost unknown before this time. Krampus has begun to become part of the American popular culture. Isn't there a office episode where Dwight dresses up as Krampus or something like that? Uh, the history of the Krampus figure has been theorized as stretching back to pre-Christian Alpine traditions. Ooh, that's a scary-looking fucking Krampus. Uh, the pictures here are just ooh, very spooky. You would not want to fuck with that in a dark alley. Uh, in a brief article discussing the figure published in 1958... Uh, Maurice Bruce wrote, and I don't know who he is, but I'm assuming he's an anthropologist or something. Um, There seems to be little doubt as to his true identity, for in no other form is the full regalia of the horned god of the witches so well preserved. What a fucking cool bitchin'-ass name. Oh, it's awesome. The birch, apart from its phallic significance, it's a twig, may have a connection with the initiation rites of certain witch covens. Rites which entailed binding and scouring as a form of mock death. Oh. The chains could have been introduced in a Christian attempt to bind the devil, but again, they could be a remnant of pagan initial rites. Okay. Maybe I don't know what a birch tree necessarily looks like, but let's, for my particular thing, everybody go to your Google, birch tree. What does that fucker look like? 
Nah, it's just a white fucking tree. Uh, <laughs> not necessarily super phallic. Birch tree twigs, I guess? Uh, they're, you know, they're rods. They're just, pat. you just beat people with them. But apparently they make really good broomsticks, I guess. So, anyway, Krampus. Discussing this observation in 1975, while in Erdnig, the small town in Styria, anthropologist John J. Honigman wrote that the St. Nicholas Festival we are describing incorporates cultural elements widely distributed in Europe, in some cases going back to pre-Christian times. Nicholas himself became popular in Germany around the 11th century. The feast dedicated to this patron of children is only one winter occasion in which children are the objects of special attention, others being Martinmas, the Feast of the Holy Innocents, and New Year's Day. Okay. I'm assuming the Feast of Holy Innocents is like, yay, kids, because, um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Masked devils acting boisterously and making nuisances of themselves are known in Germany since at least the 16th century, while animal masked devils combining dreadful comic, whoa, what's that word, Schar-Glustig uh, antics uh, appeared in medieval church plays. Well, you know, you can gotta have a bad guy. A large literature, much like it by European folklorists, bears on these subjects. Austrians in the community whoa, that was a bad way to say that. Austrians in the community have studied are, we studied are quite aware of heathen elements being blended with Christian elements in the St. Nicholas Nicholas customs and in other traditional winter ceremonies. They believe Krampus derives from a pagan supernatural who was assimilated to the Christian devil. The Krampus figures persisted, and by the 17th century, Krampus has been incorporated into Christian winter celebrations by pairing Krampus with St. Nicholas. Aha! Uh -huh. And this, you know, dead moraz guy. Uh, modern history. In the aftermath of the 1932 election in Austria, this is getting interesting, the Krampus tradition was prohibited by the Dolphus regime, regime, I guess, under the clerical fascist Fatherland Front. C-F-F-F. Uh, <laughs> Vaterlandish Front and the Christian Social Party. In the 1950s, the government distributed pamphlets titled Krampus is an Evil Man. No shit! Towards the end of the century, a popular resurgence of Krampus celebrations occurred and continues today. Because he doesn't look very, like, huggable. That's for fucking sure. The Krampus tradition is being revived in Bavaria as well, along with a uh, local artistic tradition of hand-carved wooden masks. That's fucking cool. In 2019, there were reports of drunken or disorderly conduct by masked Krampuses in some Austrian towns. <laughs> Surprise! This isn't the thing about, like, oh, clearly the Turkey, the Austrian people are getting drunk. No, you have a bunch of motherfuckers in ma- Think about fucking Halloween, man! Of course there's going to be a bunch of motherfuckers who are going to get drunk and disorderly because they have a mask on, and especially they're Krampus, so they can be fucking just... It, it, it makes you... <laughs> it gives you permission to beat people with sticks. Why would you not? And especially if you're pretty, you know, fucking blasted, then why not? <sighs> I like Krampus. <laughs> I don't want to do anything with him, but I do enjoy him. Although Krampus appears, oh, his appearance. Uh, although Krampus appears in many variations, most share some common physical physical characteristics. He is hairy, usually brown or black, and has the cloven hooves and horns of a goat. 
His long pointed tongue rolls out and he has fangs. Yeah, these are fucking scary. Krampus carries chains, though to symbolize the binding of the devil by the Christian church, he thrashes the chains for dramatic effect. The chains are sometimes accompanied with bells of various sizes. Of more pagan origins are the rutum, uh, bundles of birch branches that Krampus carries and with which he occasionally swats children. I don't know why there's a link there. Uh, the Rutan may, uh, may have had significance in pre-Christian pagan initial rite, initiation rites. Oh, okay. Uh, the birch branches are replaced with a whip in some representations. Eh. Sometimes Krampus appears with a sack or a basket strapped to his back. This is to cart off evil children for drowning, eating, or transport to hell. Holy fuck! <laughs> See, okay, I could, I, oh, I bought the idea of like, if it's an initiation thing, I'm gonna beat you with this stick, being like, you have joined me in my unholy crusade. But to be like, well, you're evil. I'm here to put you in a sack to drown you, which is awful, to eat you, which I'm assuming alive, which is even worse, or go straight to hell. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Some of the older versions make mention of naughty children being put in a bag and taken away. This quality can be found in other companions of St. Nicholas, such as Zwart Piet. Okay, who the fuck is Zwart Piet? Uh, <laughs> Krampusnacht. The feast of St. Nicholas is celebrated in parts of Europe on the 6th of December. Oh, so we're switching it up because we used to do it for St. Nick on the 6th because he fucking died. And now Krampus is like, <laughs> on that particular day. On the preceding events, uh, uh, evening of the 5th of December, Krampus night, or Krampusnacht, the uh, wicked hairy devil appears on the streets, sometimes accompanying St. Nicholas, and sometimes on his own. Krampus visits homes and businesses. The saint usually appears in the eastern rite vestments of a bishop, and he carries a golden ceremonial staff. Fucking cool. Uh, unlike North American versions of Santa Claus, in these celebrations, St. Nicholas concerns himself only with the good children, while Krampus is responsible for the bad. Nicholas disperses gifts, while Krampus supplies coal and the rutin bundles. Okay, so in those particular versions, he's just, I'm just here to beat the shit out of you. <laughs> and I, I, you know what, I kind of dig it. Be like, nope, you're on the naughty list. Here you go, Krampus. Oh, joy. <laughs> However, throwing kids into a fucking basket just to drown them is uh, pretty great. <laughs> That'll make me fucking behave. You want to fucking drown? Um, a seasonal play... Oh, excuse me. Uh, Perchtenlauf. Uh, okay. The seasonal play that spread throughout the Alpine regions was known as the Nicolaspiel, Nicholas Play, inspired by Paradise Plays, which focused on Adam and Eve's encounter with a tempter. The Nicholas Plays uh, features competition for the human souls and played on the question of morality. In these Nicholas Plays, St. Nicholas would reward children for scholarly efforts rather than for good behavior. Oh, okay. Great. That's nice. This is a theme that grew in Alpine regions where the Roman Catholic Church had significant influence. Citation needed. Uh, there are already established pagan traditions in the Alpine regions that became intertwined with Catholicism. Yep, we do have a lot of devils. Uh, people would masquerade, masquerade as a devilish figure known as Percht, 
a two-legged humanoid goat with a giraffe-like neck, holy fuck, wearing animal furs. People wore costumes and marched in procession known as Perchtenlaufs, uh, which were regarded as an earlier form of the Krampus runs. Oh, neat. Uh, Perchtenlaufs were uh, looked at with suspicion by the Catholic Church, I imagine, and banned by some civil authorities. Due to sparse population and rugged environments within the Alpine region, the ban was not effective or easily enforced. <laughs> I bet not being like, fuck you, what are you going to do? Um, rendering the ban useless. Eventually, the Pertenlauf, inspired by the Nicholas plays, introduced St. Nicholas and his set of good morals. The Perch transformed into what is now known as the Krampus and was made to be the subject, uh, subjected to St. Nicholas's will. All right. Krampuslauf. It is customary to offer a Christmas schnapps. A Krampus schnapps. Oh, that's fucking rad. Uh, it is customary to offer a Krampus, Krampus schnapps, a strongly distilled fruit brandy. These runs may include Pershten, similarly wild pagan spirits of Germanic folklore and sometimes female in representation, although the Pershten are properly associated with the period between winter solstice and, the gen and January 6th. Oh, I should take a picture of this shit. Because uh, I might be having some schnapps around Christmas time. Uh, Krampus Carton. I'm sorry, this one's going a bit long, and we're going to keep it fucking going, because this is interesting to me. I don't give a fuck. Uh, Krampus Carton. Europeans have been exchanging greeting cards during Krampus since the 1800s. Sometimes introduced with Grub von Krampus. Greetings from Krampus. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's not good. The cards usually have humorous rhymes and poems. Krampus is often featured looming menacingly over children. He is also shown as having one human foot and one cloven foot. In some, Krampus has sexual overtones. He is pictured pursuing buxom women. Over time, the representation of Krampus in the cards has changed. Older versions have a more frightening Krampus, while modern versions have a cuter, more Cupid-like creature. Citation needed. <laughs> Krampus is also adorned postcards and candy containers. Nice. All right, we're coming to the end of this. Uh, regional variation. In Styria, the Rutan bundles are presented by Krampus to families. The twigs are painted gold and displayed year-round in the house. Oh. A reminder to any child who has temporarily forgotten Krampus. Oh, fuck a duck. Um, in smaller, more isolated villages, the figure has other beastly companions, such as the antlered wild man figures. Uh, and St. Nicholas is nowhere to be seen. The Styrian companions of Krampus are called Shubmaner or Rahan, I guess. A toned-down version of Krampus is part of the popular Christmas markets in Austrian urban centers like Salzburg. In these uh, more tourist-friendly interpretations, Krampus is more humorous than fearsome. North American Krampus celebrations are a growing phenomenon. Similar figures are recorded in neighboring areas. Klaubof... Austria, while Bartel and Bartel, uh, Nigelbartel and Wubartel are used in the southern part of the country. I don't think I pronounced any of those right. In most parts of Slovenia, whose culture was greatly affected by Austrian culture, Krampus is called Parkali, Parkalej, Parkelj, Parkelj, uh, and is one of the companions of Miklavs, the Slovenian form of uh, St. Nicholas. 
In many parts of Croatia, Krampus is described as a devil wearing a cloth sack around his waist and chains around his neck, ankles, and wrists. As a part of a tradition, when a child receives a gift from St. Nicholas, he is given a golden branch to represent his good deeds throughout the year. However, if the child is misbehaved, Krampus will take the gifts for himself and leave only a silver branch to represent the child's bad acts. That's pretty cool. I dig it. Um... Keep those kids fucking good. Um, the character of Krampus has been imported and modified uh, for uh, this is popular culture for various North American media, in media including print, Krampus, the Devil of Christmas, a collection of vintage postcards by Monty Bouchon in 2004. I'm excited to look at that. Krampus, the Yule Lord, a 2012 novel by Gerald Brom. Television, both live action, a Krampus Carol. <laughs> A 2012 episode of The League, uh, an animation of Very Venture Christmas, a 2004 episode of The Venture Bros, uh, Minstrel Krampus, a 2013 episode of American Dad, video games, Karn Evil, a 1998 arcade game, The Binding of Isaac Rebirth, I'm assuming it's a very Christian game, a 2014 video game, and film Krampus, a 2015 Christian comedy horror movie from Universal Pictures. Yeah. I love that movie. It is fucking great. Okay. Uh, so we, we have two more I'm going to look up real fast. Because we have Dead Moroz and Zwart Pete. Uh, Z Holy fuck. Zwart Pete has quite a bit to kind of read off of him. Um, well, well, not not terribly, but... Um, and then we have, like, here, here, here he is in different places. Maybe we'll keep these a little bit um, shorter for reasons and shit. So, okay, so Dead Moroz, okay? Uh, Dead Moroz, the Russian, uh, is, holy, blah, 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 there's a lot of Russian words all of a sudden, uh, is a legendary figure similar to St. Nicholas, Father Christmas and Santa Claus, who has his roots in Slavic paganism mythology. The tradition of Dead Moroz is mostly spread in East Slavic countries and is an important part of Russian culture. Although at the beginning of the Soviet era, communists banned Dead Moroz as soon as it became an important part of the Soviet culture. The literal translation is Grandfather Frost. Oh. Dead Moroz is depicted as bringing presents to well-mannered children, often delivering them in person in December days and secretly under the Christmas tree on night uh, at 31st of December on New Year's Eve. Slight change. In East Slavic cultures, Dead Moroz is accompanied by Snugorachka. All right. Oh, uh, or the Snow Maiden, his granddaughter and helper, who wears long silver blue robes and a furry cap, or a snowflake like crown. She is a unique attribute of Dead Moroz, since similar characters in other cultures do not have a female companion. Often, Snugorachka uh, have name uh, Nastenka, Nastya, uh, diminutive of Anastasia. Interesting. Citation needed. Uh, Dead Moroz wears a heel-length fur... <laughs> Hold on. Dead Moroz wears a heel-length fur coat, a semi-round fur hat, and valenki on his feet. Uh, he has a long white beard. He walks with a long magic stick, which you know, does look magic, and often rides a troika. I'm assuming it's like a sleigh. Uh, the residence of Dead Moroz in Russia is considered to be uh, the town of Veliki Ustig, uh, Vologda Oblast. 
I'm sure I fucked up the pronunciation of uh, everything I'm doing here. The residence of Balustrian Disney Muras is said to be in the, 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 a certain place in Russia. Um, okay, uh, development of the character. The origins of the character of Dedmoros pre- uh, predates Christianity as a Slavic wizard of winter. Fucking rad. According to some sources in the Slavic mythology, Dedmoros, back then also called Morosko or Ded, is a snow demon. Holy fuck, that's awesome. Uh, however, before the Christianity of Ruses, the term demon had no negative connotation. Like uh, with many other mythological figures, only over time demons were attributed negative characteristics. Interesting. Under the influence of Orthodox traditions, the character of Dead Morose was transformed. Since the 19th century, uh, the attributes and legend of Dead Morose had been shaped by literary influences. The play Snegorochka by Alexander Ostrovsky was influential in this respect, as was Rimsky-Koraskov's Snegorochka with libretto based on the play. Neato. By the end of the 19th century, Dedmoros became a popular character. Citation needed. <laughs> Following the Russian Revolution, Christmas traditions were actively discouraged because they were considered to be a bourgeoisie, <laughs> to be bourgeois and religious. <laughs> ah, Russia's fun. They're not wrong. Similarly, in uh, 1928, Dedmoros was declared an ally of the priest and kulak. The fuck is a kulak? Uh, kulak was a term used at the end of the Russian Empire to describe peasants. Oh, <laughs> okay. For ally of the priest and the people. Nevertheless, the image of Dedmoros took its current form during Soviet times, becoming the main symbol of the New Year's holiday, Novigod and uh, replaced Christmas. Some Christmas traditions are revived along the famous letter by Pavel Postchev, Postishev, uh, published in Pravda on December 28, 1935. Nito. Uh, Postchev believed in the origins of the holiday, which were pre-Christian, but were less important than beliefs that could be. So, uh, in a father uh, uh, Frost, right? The grandfather Frost. Fucking cool. All right, that's enough of him. Uh, so now we have Zwart Pete, <laughs> Black Peter. Oh, and that is uh, I, the, the picture they have. At, is he black? I guess he is. Uh, I just didn't know if it was just lit well or not. Anyway, Zwart Pete, <laughs> Dutch for Black Pete. Oh boy, this is not going to be good. Is the companion of Saint Nicholas, one of them apparently, uh, in the folklore of the Low Countries. What does that mean? Folklore of the Low Countries. Uh, oh, tradition. Uh, uh, Belgium, Netherlands, Luxembourg, Dutch, etc. The character first appeared in an 1850 book by Amsterdam school teacher Jan Schenkerman. Schenkman. Uh, traditionally, Zwart Piet is black because he is a. Can I say this? I bet I. Maybe not. He is a Moor from Spain. Okay. Uh, those portraying Zwart Pete usually put on blackface. Oh, fun! And colorful Renaissance attire, in addition to curly wigs and bright red lipstick. So he's a bit on the racy side. <laughs> Holy shit. In recent years, the character has become the subject of controversy. Whoa, <laughs> really? Uh, the Zwart Pete character is part of the annual Feast of St. Nicholas that is celebrated on the evening of the 5th of December. Sinterklaasvond, which is known as St. Nicholas Eve in English, in the Netherlands, Suriname, uh, Aruba, and Krakow. This is when presents and sweets are traditionally distributed to children. The holiday is celebrated on the 6th of December in Belgium. We've got a lot of 6th of December's happening. Uh, 
Um, the Zwart Piet characters appear only in the weeks before the Feast of St. Nicholas, first when the saint is welcomed with a parade when as he arrives in the country, generally by boat, having traveled from Madrid to Spain. Uh, the tasks of the various Zwart Piets, Zwart Pietin in Dutch, are uh, mostly to amuse children to and to distribute uh, crudnoten. All right. Uh, <laughs> Peppernoten and other strigood special Sinterklaas-themed sweets to those who become uh, come to meet uh, the saint as he visits schools, stores, and other places. All right, so his origin. <laughs> Where the hell does this guy come from? Huh. Uh, according to the Helen uh, Adeline Gruber and other historians, in the origin of Sinterklaas and his helpers have been linked to by some of the to the wild hunt of Odin. Fucking cool. While riding the white horse Slepnir, he flew through the air as the leader of the wild hunt. He was also accompanied by two black ravens, Hugin and Munin. Uh, these helpers would listen, just like the Zwart Piet. Uh, at the chimneys of the homes they visited to tell Odin about the good and bad behavior of the mortals below. Oh. The St. Nicholas tradition contains a number of elements that are not uh, ecclesiastical in origin. In medieval iconography, St. Nicholas is sometimes presented as uh, taming a chained demon, who may or may not be black. However, no hint of a companion, demon, servant, or any other human or human-like a uh, fixed companion to the saint is found in visual and textual sources from the Netherlands from the 16th century until the 19th century. According to a long-standing theory first proposed by Karl Meissen, Zwart Piet uh, and his equivalents in Germanic Europe were originally presented as one uh, or more enslaved demons forced to assist their captor. These chained and fire-scorched demons <laughs> may have been redeveloped as black-skinned humans during the early 19th century in the Netherlands in the likeness of Moors who worked as servants for St. Nicholas. Uh-huh. One or more demons working as helpers for the saint can still be found in various Austrian, German, Swiss, Hungarian, Czech, uh, Slovak, and uh, Polish St. Nicholas traditions in the characters of Krampus, Pierre Frotard, Schmutzli, Schm Schmutzli, uh, Perchta, Necht, Ruprecht, Rubles, Hanstrap, Little Babushka, uh, Peselbach. Uh, Buff and uh, Belsnickel. I think Belsnickel is the one that uh, Dwight does. These companions of St. Nicholas are often depicted as a group of closely related figures who accompany St. Nicholas through the territories formerly controlled by the uh, Holy Roman Empire. The characters act as foils to the benevolent gift-giver or strict uh, disciplinarians who threaten to thrash or abduct disobedient children. Mythologist Jacob Grimm associated the character with the pre-Christian spirit Kobold, who could be either benevolent or malicious, or really easy to kill in D&D. The introduction of Zwart Piet did coincide, by and large, with a change in the depiction of the Sinterklaas character. Prior to this change, he was often quite strict toward poorly behaved children and often presented as a sort of boogeyman. Many of the terrifying characteristics that were later associated with Zwart Piet are often attributed to him. The, present, uh, the presentation of a holy man in this light was troubling for both teachers and priests. After the introduction of Zwart Piet as Sinterklaas' servant, both characters adopted more gentle personas. 
The lyrics of older traditional Sinterklaas songs, often sung today, warn that Sinterklaas and his assistant will uh, leave well-behaved children present but punish those who have been naughty. Uh, they might even take poorly behaved children to their homeland of Spain in Burlap Sacks, where, according to legend, they'll be forced to assist them in their workshop for an entire season or longer. These songs and stories also warn that a child who has been only slightly naughty will receive a bundle of birch twigs or a lump of coal instead of gifts. Ah, all right, well, good. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, so that's about it, I think. Um, as far as, like, who would win in a fight, I don't know. Painting an old man against a demon seems kind of, <laughs> kind of shitty. Even though it seems like in those old days, Krampus versus Santa Claus, Krampus is a servant of, of St. Nicholas. Not to say that I wouldn't pay good money to see, like, a, a ripped-to-shit Santa Claus and a very devil-appearing, uh, Krampus just beating the shit out of each other. Um... I mean, advantage Krampus, I guess, with the horns and just being like, I can be fucking evil. And I mean, I think it becomes more like an unleashing of both, but there's much more evil in Krampus than there is Santa Claus. But I think Santa Claus is bigger and tougher and probably, you know, can take a couple more hits and shit like that. Um Plus, he probably gets inventive with, like, seeing what Krampus does to, like, naughty kids to be, like, you know, ripping off his own horns and shit. Eat this coal, ho, 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 and shit like that. So my vote is for Santa, but it... I, I would still pay good money to watch that particular boxing match or MMA fight or whatever. How cool would that be? Why doesn't anybody do that shit? Someone be Krampus and another person be St. Nicholas. Do it for charity. That's a great idea. Let me know what you guys think on this whole thing. Leave a comment or email or whatever the fuck. It could be fun, you know. Let's make this, uh, you know, a debate for the ages, especially 2020. Um, yeah, you guys have been gospel to by the stupid. Mm -hmm.